0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and a very special guest by way of Las Vegas, Nevada (laughs) from Largo, Florida. She is a educator. She is a best-selling author. She makes work fun. She is my new friend, Dr. Christy McMullen. Christy, welcome to the Lone Officer Podcast.
1: Thank you, Dustin. I am very honored to be here.
0: Yeah, I am super stoked to have you on board. You are that person that this audience needs to be introduced to. Oh boy. Right, You, school teacher, mm-hmm. right? School teacher turned administrator, mm-hmm. now turned consultant, mm-hmm. keynote speaker, entrepreneur, business owner, like you have made a career out of teaching teachers how to be better teachers, and now you're teaching sales professionals how to be better teachers, yeah. how to be better educators. Yeah. This is so exciting.
1: I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited too. Let's go. Let's let, talk no, about
0: I'm this. I was gonna say <laughs> let, let's go, let's let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about this, your two books. Yeah. What was your first book? And how did you get it to become a best a bestseller?
1: Yeah, so my first book is called Learning Can Stick, and it's a guide to make every learning experience safe logical, fun and memorable. So I wrote it during the pandemic, but I probably started it I don't know, 15 years ago, when I started working with adults, and I recognized that there are certain things you have to do in every adult setting to get people to want to listen to you. And I figured out how to put that into categories, and then every time I was on a plane, I started writing um, in a OneNote. (laughs) And when I figured out Safe, Logical, Fun, and Memorable, the stories started to come together. So this book was published in July of 2020. I work with an amazing publishing company called Two Penny Publishing, and Two Penny helps you from idea to best-selling author um, and so they they're just fantastic I'm now an author coach for them because I, I really believe in what they do the really cool part is they get you there without keeping royalties because it's a partnership publishing so they make sure that you are well taken care of through the process so that's how I got it to go from idea to actual book
0: how did you find two Penny?
1: Two twopenny actually um, one of our pastors at our church of all things decided to start twopenny and he kept talking about it and I'm like oh I probably should talk to him oh I probably should talk to him and finally I did and it was really at the very beginning of the pandemic that I pulled the trigger and said you know I'm, I'm gonna have time and so actually I started it in February and then March happened and I was like uh yeah I'm gonna do this like I'm it's gonna go from idea to fruition and it did.
0: Wow. Um, out of curiosity, you, who, who's your pastor?
1: Um, it was Tom Goodlett. Okay, he was one of our associate pastors at our church. Our church is a teaching church, so we make sure that people are able to um, grow and learn, and that's what he did. And actually, now he's got several businesses and is doing a lot of consulting. Which
0: yeah, is cool. I only asked because I had a client of mine years ago who's a published author, but also a um, very talented pastor as well. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, They're communicators. what what but I was thinking it could be a small world. Like what if my past <laughs> client is 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 your pastor because maybe he moved from Orlando over to the St. Pete Tampa that area. would have been fun.
1: And it, it is not because Tom's been in our area for a while. But I think it's because they have to be master communicators. Mm-hmm. And he figured out how to do that both on paper and publicly. And um, so that's ma- that made a, a good partnership for us.
0: Yeah. Some of the best uh, salespeople I know are ex-pastors.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. Um,
0: I, I actually have a family friend who was a pastor, uh, but also an engineer.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah.
0: And he at one point had two Fortune 500 companies, like a- AT&T and IBM, he was on both their payrolls wow. because all they needed him to do was travel the world, giving presentations in order for them to sell their product. Yeah, and as long as it wasn't IBM going up against AT and T for whatever the pitch was, then both companies were fine. That's how talented he was. That's awesome. At you know he understood the engineering aspect, but he also could communicate yeah. on a level probably with empathy that it worked for that Fortune 100 or Fortune 50 company, which I always thought was cool. Like, wow, you're so talented that you collect two salaries. <laughs> from, from two major from, companies. Yes, from two two major companies. So you wrote your book during the pandemic, out of curiosity, because I want to write a book. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, Everybody should. I put it out there. Um, I started it, mm-hmm. you know, but I made it through like titling the 17 chapters.
1: Oh, hey, that's a good first step.
0: Yep. And I worked on it one Saturday for about two hours. <laughs> and like anything... It's, it's stuck there. I'm going to complete it, yes. right? Like I'm someone who one of my proudest accomplishments is, this is so gross, but I used to be a big tobacco user. I used to chew tobacco, mm-hmm. right? You're growing up, going to rodeo, and you're playing baseball, sure. and you're admiring these big, tough men, and that's just what they did. So I was like, oh, that's what I must do if I want to be a big, tough man. Um, <laughs> but it took me like 11 attempts to finally have it stick. Yeah. And that was 15 years ago. Still like people are like, oh, what's your most proud accomplishment? I'm like, uh, when I finally quit dipping. <laughs> I had tried stopping for like eleven years before it finally, you know, kicked in. Yeah. So I'm gonna publish a book and now that you're on this show, I'm gonna reach out to what's the name of the company? Two
1: Penny Publishing. Two Penny yes. Publishing.
0: But how long did it take you to write your book?
1: So, well, it depends on how you look at it. I had it in my mind for a very long time, but literally sitting down and saying, I'm gonna do this, I started in February and I published in July. Um, it, that is, that's a quick turnaround, but it's because I had years worth of folders that I had been keeping of just ideas. Um, I think that the best books are stories and their stories of how somebody can actually accomplish what they're doing. So one of the things, actually, Tom was my author coach, and one of the things he told me was that I needed people to see themselves in my story and that I was just the guide on the side. They were the hero of my story. So if you read my book, it really does do that. It puts them in the the hot seat, if you will, of you can do all these things. I've done them, but you can, and here's how. So it's very much a how-to make sure that your presentations don't suck. Um, Because how many times have we been in a room where somebody read a PowerPoint to us and it's just outright painful? It does not have to look like that. It can be interactive and fun and exciting because that's actually the only time that your neurons fire is when there's some sort of emotion evoked in what you're doing or experiencing. But if you as a salesperson go in and tell people all the things they need to know and just talk at them, there's no emotion evoked. They're thinking about what they're going to have for lunch. They're not paying any attention. No neurons are fired. they get nothing out of it you walk out guess what you don't get the sale
0: (laughs) so this is why i'm gonna love having you now in my inner circle right like we're connected now (laughs) Yes, absolutely because you're speaking to my heart i mean for for a decade i have found success and not because i was well learned i think i just guessed right right but i have found storytelling yeah and i teach it to loan officers to branch managers to entrepreneurs alike, like, look, get really good at storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, I might not, you can teach people how to get really good at storytelling. I just tell them. Like yeah. I became a really good storyteller, and all of a sudden people are looking at me differently yeah. and they're connecting with me on a different level. Therefore they're trusting me and I'm now generating more referrals. I'm now closing more business because I have a higher conversion ratio. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just finding a way to to break this down into a story. And what's interesting for me, and I talk about this and I teach this, my poor sister there are so many stories <laughs> where she is the lead character. Love it because I have found a way if I'm trying to convey a message, let's say to a borrower. I can be like, oh, let me tell you about my sister. Yeah. And you look, usually like many stories, there's some hint of truth. Yeah, but it's not the entire real story. It's just I needed a character so I could draw from her experiences. And if I didn't have a story about my sister, I could definitely tell you a story about a client that I recently helped as a way to convey my message. And you now have a whole book that is it essentially teaching storytelling or is it beyond that?
1: It's beyond that. So it's really about how do you create an environment where learning can happen? Because although I'm an educator by trade, every human on the planet is teaching somebody something all day long most of them are really bad at it. And it's not because they want to be bad at it. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to be terrible at my job today. But some people are because they don't have the right tools in their tool belt. So think of it more as a tools in your tool belt kind of thing for how do I say what I need to say in a way that the person that I'm saying it to keeps the information, not me. You go into a room as a salesperson, as an expert on your product, right? You know everything there is to know about what you're selling. Problem is, you're not the one that needs to leave the room with that information, they are. So I stand by the fact that the person doing the talking is the person doing the learning. So if you are in a sales situation and you tell a story, that story better be about 45 seconds long, and then you need to say, can you relate to that? And then listen so the difference is that you if you're doing all the talking in that sales meeting then you also are walking away with all of the pertinent information that you actually wanted them to have
0: is that why my life coach i would sit in with him for an hour <laughs> and i would talk non-stop yeah. then i would pay him yeah. his hundred and ten dollars and i would leave and i'd be like Matt didn't say a word today.
1: <laughs> I bet he did. I bet he said, tell me more about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, he probably did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I felt good about myself and I actually found clarity. Yeah. Like through through that counseling session, I walked away with clarity, but I did all the talking.
1: So here's my guess is that your life coach made it safe, logical, fun, and memorable. So can I tell you what that means so yeah. that it makes sense? And say that again. Yes. So safe, logical, fun, and memorable are the four qualifications that need to be in any conversation for the person that you're talking to to walk away the information. And I don't care if it's your 16 year old who wants a car when they turn 16 and you're having the conversation about why they're not going to get one or the CEO of a company and why they should go with you. Regardless, safe, logical, fun, and memorable. So safe doesn't mean OSHA safe, like don't trip over that cord safe. Safe means psychologically safe. Do I know it's okay to ask questions, to make mistakes, to um, not know the answers, to ask you to to banter with me? And when we come in as a know-it-all, when we come in as um, you know, not even bothering to learn the person's name or anything about them, they immediately are on the defensive. They don't trust you. If they don't trust you, they're not going to buy from you. So if you don't make it safe first – forget it. So the safe part um, in the book, I talk about things like, you know, clear as kind. Why are you there? Are you telling them why you're there? Or are you letting them guess? Are you asking questions? Are you putting them in the seat of driving in that situation? So safe's first. logical second. Logical's so important. I like to say it very simply. You have to have a plan. You have to stick to the plan. But you can't be the only person who knows the plan. So often, we will go somewhere and say, I need to talk to you. Okay, how long? Um, What are we going to talk about? (laughs) Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Or maybe you've had a boss that said, I need you in my office in an hour. Oh my gosh. What do you do for that hour? How
0: about a text that says, Call me? Oh Oh my God.
1: Like, is this going to take 10 minutes or two hours? Like, I don't have two hours to do that. I'm thinking first, what did I do?
0: Oh my God, am I in trouble? That's
1: not logical. (laughs) What's logical is, hey, I need to talk to you for about 30 minutes. It's about the meeting that we're going to have next week, and we just need to brainstorm a couple things, here's what I'm thinking. Or I need you in my office in an hour. It's to talk about the Smith file because the Smiths are coming in at 2 o'clock and I haven't had anything to do with that file, but you have. It's giving people the information they need in order to make an informed decision. And if you are doing a presentation, you need to let people know we're going to be here for 45 minutes. In those 45 minutes, these three things are going to happen. It's just being clear, right? Brene Brown says clear is kind. I believe it with my whole heart. If we aren't clear with our expectations, what what people are gonna get out of their time with us, especially in sales, um, people are gonna stop saying yes because they don't know if you're gonna take two hours of their time, 15 minutes of their time, or if they're gonna get anything out of it. So that's safe and logical. What about those two ring a bell so that I can then go into fun and memorable?
0: For me? Yeah. Well, when I think of a logical aspect, it's setting proper expectations. Exactly. I'm a huge, you set proper expectations. Um, I'm also a recapper. Yeah. Like, I love to recap what was said because I don't want someone to leave that meeting thinking I meant one thing because that's what they heard, but that wasn't what I was intending the the conversation to, to be. Right. So I want to recap it. I would like to believe it's because I'm kind. Only because you said <laughs> yeah. right, that clarity was yeah, clear
1: as kind. Clear as kind. Yeah.
0: I would like to believe that. I don't know how many people would describe me as being kind. um, But I've
1: known you for a whopping 45 minutes now. And I would say you are kind because you want what's best for people. That's clear to me. Um, It's also clear that you know your stuff, right? And I'm going to trust somebody who comes across as knowing what they're talking about and wanting me to walk away with that information. So if we're bringing this back to a Mm -hmm. sales team, you you must make sure that you've developed some sort of credibility. um, that you've established that you know what you're talking about, but then you're you you learn to shut your mouth, right? Like at some point you got to go, tell me more, <laughs> and stop dominating the conversation so that you um, unfortunately are also the one walking away with everything. So that's safe and logical. Sounds okay. like it rings the bell. Good. Yes. Shutting memorable. up,
0: that's, that's well, for my 40s. And now that I'm in my 40s, <laughs> that's the skill that we're going to master in this decade of life.
1: I like that. You know what? Also in my 40s, I think that I am learning the same, right? <laughs> I think I thought that I had to be um, the one talking for people to know that I knew what I was talking about. And the reality is the brilliance is in the room. And so if you let the brilliance speak, then more can come of it than you ever could have created on your own. So that goes to fun. Fun um, does not mean exactly the same thing to everyone, right? So we think fun, happy hour. I'm a hundred percent extrovert, like literally on every personality test I've ever taken. On a been... disc,
0: on a disc, or high I. I am.
1: Okay. I am. I really, really like humans, okay. and I really like to talk to humans. But I know that my personality is exhausting to my introverted friends, and it's not on purpose. But I have to own that, know that, right? So I would think it was fun to go to a happy hour after work. My introvert friends would be exhausted if. I ask them to do the same. So fun does mean the same thing to everyone in three ways. Fun means you feel valued and appreciated. Fun means you have a voice in the situation and you know you're allowed to use it. And fun means that you your talents are recognized because you're contributing to the greater good. So valued and appreciated, thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate what you just did. Um, your opinion matters. Having that voice, same thing. Your opinion matters. I hear you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to change what I do because of it. And then the talents part, like, do you know me? Do you know what I'm good at? If I am terrible at spreadsheets, why the heck am I doing spreadsheets? Like, that should not be my job if that's not where my talent lies. And I think in business and in life, we often forget to even ask what people People's talents are so that's not fun people quit things that aren't fun they're not going to come back to work anymore or they're going to quit on you whether actual or quiet quitting they're not going to keep showing up so you have to make it fun but fun is also stickers and laughter and music I have literally given scratch and sniff stickers to adults for the last 17 years
0: <laughs> by the way true story <laughs> So when Christy and I first connected, and it's really cool how we connected, we connected through your husband. Right. Now your husband's in the mortgage industry. Yes. Whether it's as a wholesale account executive, or now he's a regional sales manager, more on like the appraisal management side right. of things. But like he and I met at a Florida Association of Mortgage Professionals right. conference, and he knows what I do. He knows what I'm about. He knows where you're going with your career. And he made the connection. I'm so grateful he did. Me too. Um but you told me on the phone about your scratch and sniff yeah, stickers. So they are. You yes, yes, <laughs> here they are. But I I thought it was cute. I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. I forgot about it. You come in this morning. Not only did you get here early, not only did you offer to bring me Starbucks, but you brought me and John scratch and sniff stickers. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I am one thousand <laughs> percent stealing this. Like not even gonna, I mean, not gonna hide from it. I'm stealing it. Do you what John and I did? A, smiled Mm ear-to-ear. B, kept smelling that darn sticker, Mm -hmm. and then I put it on a place where I can go back to. It's it's on my HP-12C calculator. It's on the the sleeve, because that thing (laughs) never leaves my side. And I can smell it until the smell goes away. So, yes stickers are fun especially when they smell good
1: well and this the sticker concept is is really exactly what you said it brings a smile it establishes credibility immediately i gave you something for nothing it made you feel seen valued and appreciated um and and it connects us in a way and normally and i didn't do it today i'm sad i didn't i usually let people choose what's what scent right do you want blueberry peppermint or orange um, and the idea behind that is almost always somebody immediately knows what they want because there's an association olfactory association with the sticker it takes you back to your childhood it when was the last time you got a sticker right but the idea behind the sticker and it will work for you personality wise it won't work for everybody personality wise but what are you giving me just for showing up because I'm going to show up for you a second time if I know that you valued my time the first time. So that's that's the sticker piece. Um, and I have done it with every industry known to man. Um, one of my most favorite sticker stories is I was doing this with some healthcare professionals and a CEO walked in and I stand at the door at a keynote and literally and by say... by the way, a,
0: a CEO of a very well-known right? <laughs> healthcare provider. Big, well, yes. Very, like, yeah.
1: And this particular individual was very tall, and he was staring down at me as if to say, little girl, what is your deal? And I literally looked up at him and said, would you like peppermint or blueberry or orange? And he goes, they smell? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I don't want one of those. And I'm like, okay fine so I did my thing and during my presentations I actually give stickers for anybody who participates so you get a sticker if you say something if you smile at me if you stay the whole time right like there are lots of reasons why people get stickers and at the end I had switched to orange sentence stickers at some point and I didn't offer him orange to begin with and uh, he comes running over to me in the lobby and he goes Christy you said something about an orange synod sticker. I'm like, Yeah and he <laughs> said, I want one of those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because he didn't buy into me immediately, yes. right? I was I was a lot. I am a lot. I'm extra. I know it. I own it. Like, that is my personality. But if we don't show up as our authentic selves, nobody will ever listen to us. So I leverage my extra. And in that case, he took a minute and said, no, I do, I do want to buy what she's selling. And as a great salesperson, you have to get people to buy what you're selling. And they're going to do that through your authentic self. So you can show up with stickers. They're going to love it. Other people? Uh, probably the best idea if that's not genuinely their personality. So safe, logical, fun, memorable. You and I have talked about memorable. I think they're going to like memorable. So um, we live in Florida. Yes. It rains really hard here. And when it rains really hard here, it starts with big fat drops. Well, what you must do in, in sales particularly, but anytime you want somebody to remember something, is you have to sprinkle, splash, flood, drip, drip, drip the information.
0: Only so, one sprinkle.
1: Um, well, sprinkle and splash go together. So the okay. sprinkle the sprinkle is like the first preview and the splash is a little more information. So you know how those big drops hit your windshield. The sprinkle would be, hey, we're going to meet next week. Okay. Email. Um, the splash might be we're going to meet next week. Remember on Tuesday, and here are the three things we're going to talk about. Now you've given them just a taste of what's coming. But then the flood is the event. It's the meetup. It's the conversation. It's the training. It's the I'm going to talk to you about how to how to get this you know house purchased, and that's great. But most of a flood water-wise, is lost in runoff. Most of the information that you're giving somebody in a flood, in a conversation, in this podcast, is going to be lost in runoff. It's the drip, drip, drip that allows people to actually remember what you said. So that's the follow-up email right after you leave. that says, thanks so much for having me. And then it's a week later, hey, we talked about these three things. Do you have any questions? And then it's a follow-up phone call. We talked two weeks ago. How's it going? What do you need from me? So the memorable piece is if you're a one-and-done you're never going to get the sale. You know, you and I also mm. talked about that a little bit, right? If you're on LinkedIn and all you ever do is like somebody's post and you stop there, that's nice, but that's that's a sprinkle. There's no water absorption. There's no sale tied to that. You have to go through the entire process to get there. So yeah, no,
0: there you go. Yeah, like what if I showed up to a networking function and I just walked up and said, hi, my name is Dustin, let's do business together. Probably not. From that's Fletch. the flood. That's the flood. Like <laughs> I just flooded you. You don't, you don't know me. I took that. You shared... Sprinkle, splash, flood, drip, drip, drip with me on our first call, right? You and I connected a couple weeks ago to plan today's podcast episode. I've already taught that three times. Love it. Yesterday I taught it. So we had one of our faculty members, shout out to Gwen Swain. Uh, We're doing this five days of giving where we're allowing our faculty members to teach free courses to the entire TLOP community. And this badass of a... um, business operator. Her name is Gwen Swain. She's out of Boise, Idaho. I mean, she does like top 1% in the entire industry, Wow. top 0.2% female originator, like just crushes it. And she did it all through Facebook.
1: Nice. So
0: i had her on as a faculty member and she was teaching other originators how they too can grow their entire network, never making a cold call, doing it the way that she did it it. by networking online. And I brought up like using just, it's not even an analogy. It's more of a, like a rhyme time, like yeah, or a framework. Framework, yeah. yes. Of of sprinkle, splash, flood, drip, drip, drip. And it was like, look, the sprinkle to me, if I'm talking about Facebook and wanting to network mm-hmm. on Facebook, is the friend request. Yeah. Like, hey, shot you a friend request. <laughs> when you accept it, maybe I want to splash you with liking and hardening your, your 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 post and commenting a couple times. Exactly. Eventually, I need to flood you, flood you. Is I'm gonna finally get the courage to DM you. Yeah. I'm gonna slide into your DMs. Yep. Get a conversation going. Mm-hmm. Hopefully now, unlike your framework, I have to move that that relationship offline. Sure. Of so course. I'm gonna move it offline. It's probably gonna be a further flood, yeah. right? It's gonna be another Maybe it another flood. Meeting rains for two days in a row, right? Yes. Like it's, it's, or, a,
1: it's a two day flood. Or
0: I actually took yours. I did sprinkle, sprinkle. Yeah, yeah. My first sprinkle was the um, friend request. My second sprinkle was liking, commenting, Love hearting. It. Yeah. And then my my splash was the DMing. There you go. My flood was the meeting. Yeah. But just because I had a meeting, I still have to drip, drip, drip. Yeah. Still have to drip, drip, drip in order to to get the most out of everything that rain can bring.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because yes,
0: as a Floridian, when it rains really hard, that's sometimes bad for my grass. Yeah. Like exactly. I, I need the drip, drip, drip. Uh, in order to make sure the grass grows and doesn't all die and get brown because we had too much rain at one time, which happens in Florida.
1: Right, it totally does. I love this. I love all of this. So that's kind of the framework for what I do and and what it means for a salesperson, what it means for a manager is, um, so I'll I'll give you an example of, um, I actually went and worked with a group. It was about 12 sales folks and we started with their personalities. So we did an Enneagram test. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but I would label- Sounds like
0: something a doctor would do. Well, you are one. It's not like something a medical doctor would do. Not that kind of doctor. Yes. No,
1: an Enneagram is a personality test. There are nine different personality types you can be. What I appreciate about it is it tells you your core fears, your core desires, kind of what motivates you to do what you do. And so I did that with this group of sales folks, figured out who they were, and then we figured out how to leverage their personalities in their sales presentations and in their conversations with each other. But what we then did is we took their existing presentations and we made them safe, logical, fun, and memorable. They were walking in, reading a PowerPoint, to a group of people, um, assuming that they were listening, said no things to them, just at them, and there was no conversation, and then they left. And they were wondering why they weren't closing deals. And I said, well, did you involve them in any way? How did you make it safe? Oh, well, I don't know. I didn't learn anybody's name. Why don't you start there, right? So we took and broke down their presentations and turned it into something that was interactive. And then once it was interactive, they had to actually change how they did practice, right? The hardest part is... The knowing doing gap is a real thing, right? The knowing I know what I should do, but I'm not actually gonna do it because it was really uncomfortable. Or the first time I did it, it was really, really bad. (laughs) Well, it takes 18 times of doing it to master it. So Say that
0: again. It takes how many times?
1: 18 to master something. So what tends to happen is you try it once with a with a new group, right? I'm meeting with this person for the first time, I'm gonna try what she's saying, and it's kind of a train wreck. Okay. Try it 17 more times and then talk to me instead of I'm never doing that again, which is what most people do, Mm -hmm. right? So you try it a second time, you're a little better. Third, a little better. By the fourth or fifth time, you're pretty good. But by 18, you've mastered it. And I think in, in most things in life, we try it once or twice. We don't like it. That was uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. I don't like that. Instead of giving yourself permission to fail forward, and actually keep trying. And and I guarantee you, it will change everything. So with this particular team, I got a call maybe six months after I met with them. And they said, guess what, Christy, it worked. I'm like, say more. <laughs> and, and they were like, well, we tried what you said. Here's what we did. We started giving people things. We have a theme throughout. The theme allows them to remember what we said. We're handing them one-pagers with all the information. And um, we closed 50% more sales this year, this month, than than we had a year prior. Well, guess what? That worked.
0: That's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. All from following your framework.
1: Yes. All from following my framework.
0: All from following your framework. And that's your framework. Yeah. Like that is something that you picked up through your decades of experience in education. As an educator, as a trainer of educators, as a student. Yes. Right? Because your PhD is in... What what is your...
1: Educational leadership. So I have my master's and doctorate in educational leadership, which, um, you know, if you want to put it in, it's like organizational leadership meets change leadership. Okay. So um, in educational leadership, you are having to make change constantly, but you're also having to do so by motivating people to want that change. So in our program, it was really focused around change leadership. How do you get people to do something when they don't really want to? Um, And so that's, yes, this is my framework from all of those different experiences and then just listening and going wait, every single time if I do this, then I get this result. I wonder if it would work in a different industry. Because I had done it with educators for years and I knew it worked there. But the first time I gave stickers outside, it was actually with mortgage brokers. And I swear they were legit fighting over it. They were giving stickers to each other. They were taking each other's stickers. And I'm like, these are grown people. (laughs) And yet it works because of that, that. instant feeling of belonging and excitement and then um the safe logical fun and memorable their meetings don't look like they used to so it's kind of exciting now not everybody adopts it right It because it's hard but if you're willing to change yeah if you're willing to change it it can be absolutely epic
0: but here's the deal that's what i've learned in life and i learned this later in life but nothing changes if nothing changes, Amen. I mean, you like, I mean, I think at least it's quoted as being Einstein's, you know, definition of insanity, yeah. doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But it's like, yes, something has to change. Yeah. I just told 82 people on a sales call right before you and I connected to, to record this podcast, I'm like, look, I want you to sit down and look at your year that was and the year that you want to create and understand the weird that you want to create is going to force you to do two things, do more of what worked. Right and then do something different if you do more of what worked and then do something different that's going to put you in the driver's seat to actually create because i do believe we can create the year that we want now it doesn't always go in fact it almost next to never goes exactly like we expected it to or wanted it to doesn't mean it went worse might have just gone different yeah um question for you as we look to wrap up i think we have another solid six seven minutes okay Um, I want to make sure people, before we hop off, know how to get a hold of you, know how to, to, to reach you because you are for hire. Like Mm -hmm. you can hire Christy to come and keynote an event for you to do something special for your sales team, for your branch, for your region. Mm -hmm. I know already that there will be some TLOP events in the future. (laughs) As long as I can convince her.
1: Yes, Um, absolutely. As long as I'm
0: not too much. Like (laughs) I love the fact that you embrace your, I'm too much. I'm getting there. Yeah. Like I do recognize it all starts with being able to like use my big boy words to verbalize. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. Yes, I do understand. I'm too much for people. Yeah. I love the fact that you embrace it though. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I get it. I can try to tone it down, but I'm not going to guarantee you that even me toning it down, I won't be too much. Mm-hmm. And I tell people like, I get it. I may, dr- I may run you over. Mm-hmm. I may just be so focused and so driven that I don't do it with intentionality. Right. I do it because it's who I am. Right. No different than my personality. Like, yes, I am loud. Yes, I am excitable. Yes, I am passionate. Um, And that works for me most times. Sometimes it doesn't, but instead of fretting on it, like I'm going to embrace what I have now taken from you. It's like, no, like I'm going to embrace that. Like, cool. That's who I am, y'all.
1: I had I had to be a 47 year old woman to be able to embrace it, right? So it took a long time of trying to hide it, trying to tone it down, trying to be something that I wasn't. But you know what that does? Is it it's exhausting. It Mm. absolutely is exhausting to be anything but your authentic self. So if you are authentically quiet and a thinker, and uh, you know I'm gonna absorb everything. Do that, but don't be afraid to tell people why you're doing it. Which is what's been the shift for me. I'm willing to say to you, I know I'm a lot. I am a bold flavor, as my husband (laughs) says. Um, and I don't think he always means that as a compliment, but that's okay. Um, I, I am a bold flavor, but I'm a flavor you need in order to push you out of your comfort zone. So I explain the why behind I'm clear, clear is kind. I'm clear with how that works. So I wanna I wanna rewind back because you said yeah. something important that you're using with your sales team about um, the the analysis of what they're doing. What are you gonna do that you did last year that worked, et cetera? So that's actually book two. So well, this, that's, this yes. That's
0: where I was trying to go with this. How like, fun is I'm that? Oh like, my wait a minute, we have six, seven minutes left before Or we have to find a way to wrap this up because you you and I could go for two hours. I think so. And we should probably do this more often.
1: Okay, let's do it. We should like
0: have Dr. Christie come back every quarter and we just find something. Or maybe we do a TLOP exclusive. I can get you on a webinar for our TLOP community. Maybe I drag you up to Jacksonville with me in May when we do our TLOP event in Jacksonville. Let's do it. Who knows where we can go with this, okay? Let's do it. But yes, let's talk about this book.
1: Um, So this is a tiny book. Um, Also, two Penny, they asked me, can you write a tiny book? I said, what's a tiny book? They said, we're not 100% sure, but it's small enough to fit in a man's shirt pocket. I'm like, okay, great. So it's short, quick read, lots of to-do items in it. But the idea behind it is AIM, okay? So if you take AIM, you have to analyze, improve, then move. And the first thing you have to do when you take aim is pick a target. So what are you aiming for? Are you aiming for, you know, your sales to increase by 30% in 2024? Great. That's your target. Now, how the heck are you going to get there? And if you think about target practice, you're not always aiming at the bullseye. Sometimes you're trying to get points by aiming just outside the bullseye. And so what's your whole target? And then what's your, your immediate, like that? that's the the thing that I really, really want. So I help you figure that out, but then the analyze is what you just said. What am I doing well? What do I need to replicate? from last year. What do I need to do more of in order to be successful? So I talk through with companies, okay, let's analyze where you currently are. What bright spots exist so that we can shine light on the things that aren't so bright? That actually comes from a book called Switch. Um, The Heath Brothers wrote it. And in it, it talks about making change when change is hard. And the idea behind it is you shine a bright light, um, which are the things that are working On the things that aren't working to figure out why this thing is working so if your kid comes to you with a report card with four a's a b and an f you immediately say what the heck is wrong with you kid why did you get an f not wow four a's and a b that's awesome what were you doing in those classes that actually you could translate into the class that you made an f in right that's that's bright spots analyze improve is safe logical fun and memorable what can you do to make your interactions actually incorporate those things but then you have to move. You have to do something differently. So what's that going to look like? And then I'll come check on you in 3 months and see if you actually did it. Cuz th- like I said that knowing-doing gap, it's a real thing. So the idea behind this book is meant to hand to somebody and say, "Here's a roadmap. What are you going to do with it?" And then I can help you get to your destination, but you have to figure out what your destination is first.
0: So you name the book Make Work Fun so people don't quit. Mhm. But within the book, the confines is the acronym AIM. Yes. And AIM stands for?
1: Analyze, improve, move.
0: That's also the name of your company. Yes. Analyze. Improve. Improve, move. move. Yep. Analyze, improve, move. By the way, just so you all know, you share like stuff like that with me. I swipe it. I adapt it. What I do do, maybe because I'm kind is because you've told me I'm kind. Now that I'm kind, I'm like, no, nah, Christy says I'm kind. <laughs> That's right. No, I will make sure I I always, I'm like, look, I stole this from Tim Davis. I stole this from Dr. Bruce. I stole this from Dr. Christy. I stole this from Rick Ruby. Like whoever I, I swipe and adapt from. And I know nine times out of 10, they may not have been the original originator. Right. You know, they too had heard it, read it, learned it. Maybe they put it into their own words or into their own context. And then I take it yeah. and build upon it. So Um, you want to know where AIM
1: came from? Because it's kind of a fun story as a a runner and an Ironman guy, right? So my um, best friend and I were on a run and I knew that I needed to shift from branding Learning Can Stick because people hear educator when they hear learning, Um, even though we are all learners and we're all teachers. I I stand by that. Um, I knew I needed to shift to something that every business would see as something that they might need. And we came up with AIM on that run and we were like, okay, well, it has to stand for something. And so that's where the Analyze Improve move came from. That was in January. January of twenty two, and now oh, wow. here we are. You know, yeah. January of twenty four, almost. And in that time, it's gone from this concept that we came up with um, while running on Indian Rocks Beach, <laughs> and IRB into yeah, little IRB. Action. Into, yeah, I love little it. IRB I'm action. looking for property in IRB. And, oh, it's a beautiful place. Yes. It's a beautiful place. But but the idea behind it really was just okay. I know I need a framework to tell people what we can do for them because the hardest thing for people to understand is why do I need what you have, and why people need what I have is because if you keep doing things the way you've always done, then you're going to get the same results. So let's leverage what you're doing well to make sure that you're going to do it even better the next time you do it, whatever that might look like.
0: I love it. So, Dr. Christie. Yes. Dr. Christie McMullen. If people want to get a hold of you, yes. they want to reach you, they want to follow you. Yes. What are your handles? What's your contact info? What's the 411?
1: So Dr. Christy McMullen is going to find what you need. So on LinkedIn, on Instagram, in both instances, that's what you're looking for. Now, Christy, you spell as long as you can make it without making it Christine. I get Christine all the time and it's not. C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. <laughs> so Dr. Christy McMullen. And um, if you want to go to my website, that is Aim with Us.
0: Dot com. Oh, aimwithus.com. Yeah. Super easy. Yes. I can find that. Yes. If I'm driving right now, I might not, not even have to pull over. No, you don't. No aim dashes. With no us. nothing.
1: Aimwithus.com. And that'll take you to my newsletter. It'll also take you to just kind of a little bit more about what I do. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing is if your organization is in need of some cohesion to figure out how to make this next year the best year you've ever had, I'm your girl. <laughs> um, if you need a keynote that is going to be completely different than anything you've ever had and totally interactive, I'm probably your girl for that too.
0: <laughs> awesome, y'all, especially the TLOP community. Now look, if you've tuned in for the first time, we thank you. We ask you to check us out. Like we've been doing this for a few years now. We're kind of good at what we do. Our overall theme is to teach you stuff. We call it the ish. They didn't teach you in school. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Adulting 101. Yes, it has a business, entrepreneurial, real estate, mortgage, personal finance feel, but it truly is the issue didn't teach you in school. We are on Spotify, we are on Apple, anywhere you find audio version of the podcast, but we're also on YouTube. And we love it when you subscribe to our YouTube channel cause you can not just hear us, but you can see us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you are a T-Lopper, I'm promising you, this is not the last time that you have heard of Dr. <laughs> Dr. Christy McMullen. We're gonna be doing quite a few things together this coming year and hopefully for years to come. I'm super stoked for that. Give your husband a high five from me Take and well. tell him thank you for connecting us. And then y'all, Christy has a newsletter. We have our newsletter. Make sure mortgage community go to TLOPonline.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It is free. So as JC says, if it's free, it's for me. And here's some upcoming events you need to be aware of. We are still in business planning mode. It is not yet 2024. I am hosting a free one-hour business planning workshop on the 19th. So that is the day that this drops, Tuesday, December 19th, If you're listening to this first thing in the morning please know it's not too late to register for our free business planning workshop um and then coming up trainings we have our TLOP community sales training on the 21st but you have to be a member for that for the for the uh, workshop you don't and then tulsa oklahoma is our next live event we're going to be in tulsa on thursday january 11th so if you're in or around the oklahoma area go to our website you can register. It's a free event thanks to the sponsors. But she's Dr. Christy. I'm Dustin Owen. You have tuned in to Loan Officer Podcast. That's all the time we have for you today. But we do look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace.